That's the release from sense knowledge, of the sense knowledge evidence, what we are so used to, because we're natural, we were raised that, we're born into this flesh and blood. And so we're so used to what we feel, what we see, what we smell, uh, all of our senses. And if we don't see it, we can't see it, we can't hear it, we can't smell it, we can't taste it, we tend to feel, well, how do I know if it's real? But God is calling us into another life, which is a life of faith, because you are born of God, you are of God. And God doesn't walk with those senses. That's of the earth. But he knows you on the earth. He wants you to use the senses. He wants you to use your mind so you can survive on the earth. But when something comes contrary to what God says, you need to switch to what God says. Because that's the way to survive as a child of God. And that's why the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. So we go into that message this morning. Father, we thank you. Spirit of God, we ask that you speak. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, last Sunday, we started considering the, uh, the prayer of Paul for the believer. Right offhand, I want to, let you, want to help us see this. In, in Bible days, before Christ was crucified, Jesus talked a lot to those that were listening to him, those that were coming and following him, he talked a lot about faith. He wanted them to have faith. He urged them to believe. He, he worked on that so hard, talking to the people, his disciples. But when you look at the scriptures, after Jesus rose from the dead and went to be with his father, the disciples never talked much about faith in their own lives. Right? You don't hear them talking about having faith. Paul never urged, urged Christians, believers, to have faith. He assumed, he called them, you are believers, you are child, children of God. He called them saints. They had faith. What God is asking for you and I as believers is, live by the faith that is already in you. That's all he's asking you. You already have it. Paul doesn't urge believers. Now when he's dealing with unbelievers, he's asking them to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved in your house. But with Christians, he's saying no. What I want you to know is no. That's his prayer. He's not praying for them to have great faith. In Ephesians chapter 1, nothing about faith is mentioned. All he wants them to have is knowledge. Amen? That's all he wants them to, wanted them to have. What is really the, the oppressive force against Christians today is knowledge. Because we don't know. We don't have understanding. But once you gain understanding, once you know the truth, you're free. Satan cannot oppress you. Satan is being whipped, he's been destroyed, he has no power, he can't do anything to any believer. The only thing he has lies. That's all. To make you feel otherwise or make you think God is not with you. But Paul prayed for us, he said that from the day he heard about their faith, 
So they had faith already. If you are a believer, you already have faith. God has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. But the problem is, many of us still want to live in the realm of the senses. We haven't been trained to switch from the senses when necessary and go to the spirit realm so that we enjoy that realm. So that's where the problem is. So Paul was praying for them that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of their understanding, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, their eyes being opened, that they may know, not have faith. After I heard of your faith, you already have faith. Now I want to pray for your, uh, for your eyes to be opened. That you may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's the way to survive as a Christian. With knowledge, wisdom, so you can live a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. You have been justified and you were justified by faith. You couldn't be justified without faith. So you had faith in you. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. So that faith resides in you. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. He is the spirit of faith. Now we have to learn to live by faith. That you may know the hope of His calling, He said. That you may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. How special you are to the Father. You are his inheritance. He loves his inheritance. It's a precious inheritance. This he bought, his son gave to him with his whole life. His life for life. You don't release your money to buy anything Unless you think that thing is worth the price, right? Where you are worth the price, according to the Father. He loves his inheritance. He says the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints. This you and I, you're special. I don't care what you feel about yourself. We don't care. God doesn't care what people think about you. You're special to him. And the earlier you start getting yourself into that mode of, respecting what God has put in your life, the better for you. You must honor what God has placed inside of you. He's placed His righteousness inside of you. He's placed His holiness inside of you. How else will God dwell in you if you're not holy? He's not going to stay there. You understand what I'm saying? But we don't recognize that we don't know that, and so we live otherwise. And we're constantly struggling. But he said, I want God to open your eyes. So you know how precious you are. You have great an inheritance. Jesus said, those that this Father has given to me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. The Father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. You are that special to him. He's ready to fight if anything is going to come against your life. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And then he wants uh, us to know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. And he said, this power that is working in you right now, the same power that is in your life right now, not going to be in your life. We always think the power will come from heaven. 
No, that power is already in you. And I will talk, we're coming to that later. It's already at work inside your life. He said, to know the exceeding greatness, this is a real great power, what, what you will call God's ability. Amen? This ability is already in you. That's the same ability that was available to the Lord when he raised Jesus from the dead and he seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That same power is at work in us today. And God is saying, I want you to tap into that power. I want your eyes to be open. That there is something in you that you don't realize. When I was growing up as a new Christian in Nigeria, it was common to hear witch doctors saying to Christians in amazement, they walk up to them and say, what is that light that's on your forehead? All of you have that light. You heard about that before. They can see the light. The Christians can't see them. They, they, they ask, what are you talking about light? We don't have any light. They say, yeah. But they, you guys, all of you, all of you that go to that place, you, are, you have a light, some kind of light on your forehead. What's that? They want to know. That's the light of God that's in your life. Always there. Goes to bed when you go to bed with you. God has made his residence with your life. In your home. He lives there. That's his address now. The power that was available to Christ is now available to us. That is why I know when I go out to minister the gospel to unbelievers, I'm expecting them to get healed. Amen? I actually put an ad out. Come, God is going to heal you. Come, just come. You don't matter if you're blind, whatever, just come. Why? I don't feel any power going through my body, but I know He's with me. Amen? And when you're speaking, you feel nothing except the excitement of speaking to a group of people. And when you pray, you feel nothing, but He is there with you. Amen? He lives inside of me. I'm now His hands and feet. Amen? I'm now His mouthpiece. I can speak for Him. I can speak in His stead. I can lay my hands on the people and the power will go through them. And heal them. Sometimes they feel heat. I don't feel anything. Amen? Doesn't matter if I feel anything. The power is still available inside of you. It's right there in you. That's why by the grace of God we're building these churches in Nigeria. So that you can actually experience it. That you have the power working inside of you. When you go. As God heals, you, uh, heals people through your life. That power is available to us. He said, He seated him at his right hand, far above all principalities and powers and might, dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. What does that all mean? What is, what's the meaning of all of that? Everything is under his authority. That's what he's saying. God has seated Jesus in heavenly places far above all dominions, all principalities. Principalities and powers, that's the demonic forces on the earth. Jesus is so way up, so high up in authority over them, they are all under his control. 
Every name that is named on the earth, if it has a name, it's under its control. Everything is under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, God has seated him. He raised him. That's the power that raised him up. The same power took him all the way up into heaven. Seated him at the right hand of the Father. And placed all of these forces. Any name in this world and in the world to come. They are under his authority. They bow to him. They listen to him. They must obey him. That's the power that's in you. Amen? And if that same power is in you, then you have in you a power that has authority over everything. All principalities, all powers, all dominion, might, and every name that is named in this world. Does cancer have a name? It's cancer, right? Well, has dominion over that name. Whatever you want to call it. Is it poverty? Is that a name? Has dominion. He may decide to use the dominion. He may decide not to use the dominion. He may decide to use the authority. He may decide not to. You may decide to use the authority in your own life. Or you may decide not to. Because you are persuaded otherwise. But that power is available to you. And your family, your church. And everything that you want accomplished on the earth. Amen? Can I hear an amen? amen? The power is available to you. That's what Paul was saying. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that the eyes of your understanding were so blind. The eyes of our understanding might be enlightened. You are not ordinary. That's what he's saying. There is a part of you that's divine. But we don't accept that because of religion. I said last Sunday, religion is boring. And those who have religion are bored. I am not bored, amen? <laughs> religion is oppressive. Makes you feel so little. And you're constantly looking, what's going to happen to me? As if God is against your life. Why would He be against your life if He's already gone to the cross to have you to Himself? He's doing everything to make sure everything is fine with your life. Amen? He's always for you. No matter what's going on. When you're struggling, He's there with you. No matter what's going on. Jesus made it clear. If a man has a hundred sheep, one is missing because that's usually the problem. I'm not living right, so God must be against me. Well, God, when you're not living right, He's so close. Amen? He's even closer than before. Because he knows you're in trouble. And his love cannot let go. Amen. He wants you to himself. He says, son, daughter, just let me come closer. I can, I can do this. I can clean you up. I can put you in the summit. I can make you a showcase. I just need you to believe. Amen. Agree with me. In other words, agree with me so I can do this work in your life. So that's the power that's available to us. He's placed everything. I'd like you to look at verse 22. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The thing that you have to understand is this. In the mind of God, when Jesus went to the cross, we were there with him. He saw us there with him. He said, well, that doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Again, you are thinking, you are going into your five senses, okay? Everything has to make sense for you. But we're talking about faith now. God wants you to realize and understand when he was buried, you were buried with him. Amen? And when, you, when he was raised, you were raised with him. And when he was taken by that same, see, the power we're talking about, and seated in heavenly places, God placed you there with him. That's not preacher talk. I'd like you to read in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. It said, and raised us up together. God raised us up together with Christ. And made us sit together in heavenly places. Can you see? We have it. We have the same authority. He's available to us. He never used to make sense to me. That's why I said last Sunday, if I can truly believe what the scripture is saying to me, I'll live differently. I'm seated in the mind of God. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. Far above all principalities and powers. The authority I have dwelling in me. I don't have to worry about Satan. He's way below. He has to really stretch really far and hard to reach me. Amen. We just don't see ourselves that way. And the problem is religion. And because of our five senses, we want to reason these things out instead of accepting it. You know, Jesus was so conscious of his person. He was a man, and they knew him. Today we know Son of God. Those that saw him in his day, they did not realize who they were dealing with. Did that stop Jesus? Did not stop him from saying, telling them who he was? He told them, you are from beneath. I came from above. You read that? John chapter 3 tells us this. He says, Except a man is born from above. Read it. I mean, that's the word we use, born again. The literal translation is born from above, right? That's what it says. Except a man is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, you won't experience this power we're talking about. You were born from above. Jesus came from heaven. He said, I came from above. You, I came out from the Father, and I'm going back to the Father. He said this over and over again. Yet he was standing on the earth. And in their mind, you came from heaven. You were born by Mary. We know your mother. How can you say you came from above? How can you say you are the bread that came from heaven? We know your mother. What you're saying doesn't make sense. You see, that's our problem. We don't confess boldly who God says we are. And Paul is saying, I want God to give you the spirit of wisdom. Amen? Wisdom is ability to use knowledge. Amen? Uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. 
He'll make you lose fear. I, I told you, I've said it here before, how I used to be afraid of witch doctors and, and uh, uh, witch, witches and all of that. And people say, pray about witch doctors. And they, I, I don't have any time for that. I don't have to feel spiritual to, and be praying against a witch doctor trying to hurt me. They just cannot. It's just not going to happen. There was a time when they could, but not now. I know they can't. I don't have to pray about it. I know who I am. When the demons come, they know we don't mess with this fellow. And that goes for you. Amen? And speaking of the pastor, you understand that there is something at work in you that's bigger than yourself. And the earlier you realize, the earlier I realize that this force Jesus made available to us freely. God, it was God's way for us to have this in us. Amen? Because of his love and goodness. We're not satisfied with that. We have to add the flesh to it. And we mess up everything. Because we want to add our own knowledge. And our own wisdom. And our own understanding. And those that are giving us all this knowledge in the world. And supposedly great people who know so much. Orators, I don't want to listen to them anymore. Amen. I want to listen to what the word says. And believe what the word says. And begin to chart my life based on the word of God. You, I'm encouraging every one of us to do that. And see where God will take, take us. Amen? That's the truth. That's the truth. He has placed all things under his feet. Amen? And he gave him to be head. That's a great honor. Amen. <laughs> you can't separate a man from his body. Right? So that's Jim's head. And that's the rest. His body is on this side. And that's Jim's head. Is that the way we put it? A man's head and his body, they're one. That's Jim. Can you see what God is saying to us? He made us. Let's just read this scripture, okay? It said, We have, re we have received the fullness of His grace. And so, we become just like him. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. In case you don't understand head over all things to the church, head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, it's his fullness... That's part of the body. The body is what fills all in all. Please read the scripture again. 23. Which is his body? The fullness of him. The body is the fullness of him, right? That's what he's saying. The body of Christ is the fullness of Christ. Christ is not full without his body. And it's his body that's to fill all in all. That's the scripture. We are his hands. If he's going to heal today, he needs us. Amen? Yes, we need him. But he needs us. He can't go there anymore. He's in heaven. Amen? But I can go there. I can be his hand. I can be his body to feel everything. And we go into everything. We go into disease and sickness. We take dominion over it. Amen? We go into poverty. Whatever it is. We pull sinners from their sins and bring them to God. We are his body. We are feeling everything. We're taking over. Is that not what he's saying? His, his body 
the fullness of him that fills all in all. To me it's great revelation. Maybe it's not for you, but to me it's real great. I need him, he needs me. And I'm willing to go with him. Right? I'm willing. Wherever you want to go, God, I am your hands. I can love. Use my hands and love them. He possessed you. Okay? People talk about people who are possessed of the devil. Right? What possessed them is the spirit, right? And the spirit makes them to do things, right? Well, if the spirit of God is in you and come, over, come into your life, what, what do you think has happened? He's possessed you, right? For what purpose? To do what he wants to do. Amen. And I like this kind of possession. Amen. Just fill me up. I am his body. This, the devil is under my feet. I am part of his body. Far above all principality. Sounds like preacher talk, right? But it's the truth. And I believe if we believe it from our heart, things will begin to take place. You don't have to strive anymore because you are there in his stead. When I stand, I stand in his stead. The devils have to recognize that and, 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 and respect it. When I go to preach anywhere, here, anywhere, when I stand in his name, it's like Jesus himself is standing there. Because I'm using his word, right? And presenting his word. He can present his voice here as he did in Bible days, but he's using my voice. When I speak his word, it's as if he's speaking himself. That's why the word heals. Amen? You can do anything, but the word heals. It's the message of the gospel that heals. And you have the message in your mouth. You can cause somebody's life to be transformed. This is what God is saying to us. You must realize this. The Bible says in 1 John verse 4, I mean chapter 4 verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You are of God. In other words, your origin is from heaven. Is that not what he's saying? You are of God. You came from God. You are of God. You are born of God. You are born of the Spirit. And because of that, nothing to do with faith, because of that, you are greater. Greater is he that is in you. That's the power that is in you. We talk about the power. The power is already there. It's already there. This lines up with Ephesians chapter 1. We are seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. And the devil is right under our feet. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The power is right there with you. I don't have to be afraid. I just have to learn to live by faith. And you can't live by faith unless you know the word of God. That's what Paul was praying for. I know I cannot be harassed by Satan anymore. It's always according to how you believe. And Satan is out telling to believers. I believe in um, verse 4 of chapter 5, 1 John. He says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen? Nothing has, has nothing to do with faith because you already have faith. 
as far as God is concerned, world, yes, the world. You have overcome the world, all the problems of the world, all the difficulties, everything that the enemy can throw. And they'll come at you, but for you, you are fortified. You can handle it. Amen? You can handle all the frustrations. No matter what it is, God is with you. You can go through them. They are just coming in and going by. God is with you. You have been translated from the dominion of Satan. A lot of Christians are so conscious of Satan. (laughs) Whereas they should be conscious of God. They are more conscious of sickness than they are conscious of the healing that Jesus brought to them. We are more conscious of the poverty and the economy of what is going on around us than what Jesus delivered to us. We are more conscious of everything that is happening. I feel this and I feel that and I feel it's always filly, filly, filly stuff. And it's always, he's just taking us down. Jesus never talked about feeling. I read the word. Jesus never, he didn't say, I feel like feeding 5,000. Did you hear him say that? He never heard the word feel. He says, let's get bread and feed these guys. Amen? Let's get bread. And he said, hey. The Philly guy said, what are you talking about? We can't do that. Look. Think. Think. Reality. Reality. Look. Thousands of people. How are we going to do that? I mean, even if you put all our wages together, you can't even feed a few of these people. Jesus said, what do you have? Amen. What do you have? Let's go beyond the uh, feeling realm. Let's begin to see what God can do. What do you have? Give me what you have. It's little, but I, God, I'll turn that just through thanksgiving. Amen? I give thanks and I break it. And we feed them. The Bible says he asked Philip that, but he himself knew what he was going to do. Amen. He was asking the question just to test them. He already knew. And he said, well, that's the son of God. Then who are you? You are a child of God. Amen. You're a child of God. I I believe that once the disciples saw Jesus back again from the dead, they knew, oh, wow. This is wonderful. Did you hear what they said? They said, hey. Are you going to restore everything back to Israel? In other words, we're going to take the world now. We it. Come on, Jesus. Let's go. We'll take over. We'll take over. With you here with us, ah, the world, the world cannot stand us. We're taking over. Jesus said, it's not for you. I got another work for you. Amen. You have the faith. Amen. You are the just. Right? You have the faith. It's already resident in you. The word God is saying... Just live by what is in you. Amen? Don't live by what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you can taste. Don't live by the things the doctors say. Don't live by the bills that come in. Don't live by that. Live by the faith that is already in you. And you will be victorious. Greater is he that is in you. Not going to be in you than he that is in the world. In the world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. But what did he say? Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Don't worry about the world anymore. Do we believe these things? Amen. Do we believe? 
We are more than conquerors in the world. Sounds like preacher talk just to make you feel good. Unbelieving believers. I'm kidding. <laughs> but this is the truth. And that's where I want us to live as members of the Ark Fellowship. I believe God has spoken and I believe the words that I'm speaking, it won't be too long. You will begin to see the fruit of it in a very big way. I'd like you to take note of what I just said. Amen? Am I saying because I'm so confident? No. I'm confident in the God we serve. Amen? I'm very confident in His faithfulness and in His Word. And if I got revelation from Him, I don't have to look at what I'm seeing before me. I know what He's going to do with His Word. Once we start standing up, and that time is coming. Amen? And it's very close. You begin to see things, unusual things that God is going to be doing with the Ark Fellowship. Amen? Let's begin to enlarge our tent. Because the day is very close. Amen? And we are all in this together. We are all in this together. The enemy doesn't have dominion over us. I need to finish this message today. The key thing is your words, our words. The words that we speak. Are your words based on sense, knowledge, evidence? Or your words are based on faith-filled evidence? That's the problem. And all the words you speak that are based on sense, evidence, will lead to death. The words that you speak that are faith-filled will bring life into you and to those who hear it. It just depends on what you're speaking. You see, everything that you see is based on the Word. I said God does nothing except through His Word. The Bible tells us in the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1 verse Verse 1, 2, 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. That's the Word. Everything that you see, everything you can see, the electricity, all of those things are made by the Word. That's the beginning, that's the end. Everything starts with the Word. Everything is going to end with the word. Jesus is the word. He is the beginning. He is the end. He starts with the word. It will end with the word. All by the word. Everything that has been created, everything that you see and unseen through the word. And the word is, if you read in Hebrews chapter 1, the word is still hope upholding all things. The word of God is still governing everything seen and unseen. The word of God. That's what he's doing, it. And so, the word of God gives you everything that you need in life. If you need faith, it comes out of the word. There's nothing without the word. Everything comes through the word. I think what God is calling us to do is to move away from speaking words that is based on sense evidence, amen, sense knowledge evidence, and begin to speak words from the Word of God. 
it was the word of God was before all things. And it's going to be after all things. It's the beginning and the end. If you read in Revelation, you had on Jesus, they called the word of God, right? There is something written on me on him. He is the word of God. This is what God has given to us, nothing more. When you hear the word of faith, that word of faith, that's why I said what I just said, that word of faith goes out and begins to establish something. Your life was transformed through the word of faith that was spoken to you. You, I used to be one kind of individual, I don't want to go into it, but I was told you are too bad to become a Christian. You are too bad to be a Christian. There is no way you can last as a Christian. But what they didn't know, I received the word of faith. And you received the word of faith. If you go to Romans chapter 10, he tells us in verse 6, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? So the righteousness of faith speaks, right? Again, words, the righteousness of faith speaks in this wise. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? It's not seen, I've got to see it. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The righteousness of faith, what does it say? The word is near you. It's a word. The righteousness, we we'll want to be righteous before, it's a word. The word, the righteousness of faith, there is one kind of righteousness that's based on the law, but then there is another rightness with God, righteousness with God, that's based on faith, and it's with the word. What does it say? The word is near you. Near you. Even in your mouth. I strongly believe when I preach the gospel and I preach the word of God, whether you like it or not, if you're listening and agreeing with me, something is transpiring. There is a business transaction transaction in the heavenlies around you, in the spirit realm. And the words of faith, they're going into your mouth. And going deep into your heart. That's what the word of God says. And when you bring it back out from your mouth, you get salvation. Amen. You have salvation. So if you begin to speak words that are based solely on sense, knowledge, evidence, you are going to die. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, those that are after the flesh, if you live after the flesh, you will surely die. But if you, through the Spirit, you live by faith and you mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. That's what the word. It just put all of these things together. That's the revelation God is giving to us. Now I'll close by saying this. When you become a Christian, a born again Christian, you become an ally of God. You are together in the same team. If you lose, he loses. You think it's possible for God to lose? God's not going to lose. You are in the team with him. Together, you are at war. Together, you will have the victory. There is no way you can lose. There is no word like failure for the Christian. Amen? That's a, uh, a stupid word for the, for the Christian. You can't fail. Not with God in your team. You are an ally with him. He says, I am divine. 
you are the branches. Again, he's bringing you into the divine realm. You are part of him. And you can fail. Because if you fail, that means he's failed. But if you are united with him, you cannot fail. That's why he says, every branch that remains in me bears fruit. You know the word? So you're going to bear fruit. Because he lives in you. So what that really means is the executive, that's Christ, he's up in heaven. Okay? But like I said on Wednesday, the office force lives here on earth. Amen? He is up there. He has all the ideas, all the ideas and what he wants to do. But to carry it out, he needs you and me. Amen? And we have what it takes. The scripture cannot lie. Will you stand up with me this morning? Really, thank you so much this morning. You guys were wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, let's give them a hand. They did a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you. I want to conclude the message. I started, uh, I think this is the fifth message. And uh, on uh, the release from sense knowledge. And I believe the release from sense knowledge evidence. Father, we thank you. Spirit of our God, we thank you. We know you're here. You are indeed the true teacher. And uh, you do fulfill the words of the scriptures in our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking about sense knowledge. We were born into uh, having our five senses. And in the natural, we are supposed to understand how to operate on this earth with our five senses you you we need our five senses to to operate here but god has called us as believers into a life of faith he recognizes that we are natural people we live on the earth but when jesus came he came to give us the life of god and god is trying to tell us natural people there is another way to live in in addition to what you already know but what's happened to the church is we are unwilling to go away from the natural way of thinking of doing things into the spiritual way you are of the flesh you were born of the flesh but now you have been born again by god or born from above by God and you are now a part of the family of God and God is wanting you to do things the way he does his things God does everything through faith by faith we understand that God created everything that we see God did his stuff out of nothing and God is wanting us to walk in that way now the question I want to the question is not whether you have faith because if you are born of God, you have faith. There is no greater miracle that will take place on this earth than the miracle of salvation. And you had faith when you got saved. That's the greatest amount of faith, the faith that will cause you to believe in the Lord Jesus and to want to serve him. There is no greater faith. Have you seen Jesus before? No. But you believe in him. That's great faith. So you have faith. The question is not faith, you, whether you have faith. That's why Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, that's enough faith. The, question, the real problem is belief. When we allow unbelief 
And unbelief comes because we are walking using our natural senses. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Why is the Bible telling us to walk by faith? Because you already have faith. Amen. He's wanting you to walk by the faith that has already been deposited in your heart. He says this is the way for you as a child of God to live. There is no other way God can bless you. It's got to be through faith. The just shall live by faith. You have no choice about it. You have to live by faith. That means you believe in things that don't make sense sometimes. But you see it from the word of God. Your natural feelings and what you see and everything that you can smell around you tells you this is it. But the word of God says something different and you've chosen. I am going to stay with what God says regardless of what I feel, regardless of what people are saying to me, regardless of what the doctor has said. I don't care. I'm going to live by faith because I am the just. God made me just, He saved me, and I want to live like God on the earth. That is the issue. That's why I believe Paul was praying for us, not for us to have faith. Paul never actually talked about Christians having faith. He never asked Christians to have faith. He called them believers. He says, you are saints. He tells you, you have the wisdom of God. Why? Because you are a person of faith. He doesn't urge you. He tells unbelievers as he preaches to them to believe. But for you as a believer, he calls you a saint. And then he's telling you, you are the just. Live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So the real thing is not whether you have faith. It's whether you have knowledge. So he wants you to know what you can apply your faith to so that your life can be transformed. So he wants you to renew your mind so your life can be transformed. That's the only way your life can be transformed. That's the only way you can live like the Son of God on the earth. That's the only way you can be the light of the world on the earth. That's the only way you can be the salt of the earth. Only through faith. Because that's bigger than me if it's not bigger than you. Being the light of the world, that's wow. You mean this little guy is the light of the world? That's much bigger than me. I don't understand it. Do you? If you do, boy, you're really smart. I don't. But Jesus said that. What do I do? I have to accept it like a child, right? Hey, guess who is standing before you? The light of the world. You can't say that Jesus was the light of the world. I know that. But he said you are, right? Well, have you ever confessed that? Wow. <laughs> Walk into the classroom and tell your students in a public school, you are, you, are, you are sitting before the light of the world. They're like, <laughs> I got it back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't look like light. <laughs> but that's what Jesus wants you to believe. Because until you believe that, the light will never show in the world. Until you act like it. Jesus said a lot of things that don't make sense. And I know for us today, we understand it. You know, that was the Son of God, right? It makes sense to us. Because we believe. But think about it. Those who stood with Him, they didn't know He was from God or the Son of God, did they? 
They had no knowledge. They had to really believe. As far as they were concerned, that's the son of Mary. And we know the mother. I mean, you remember in this one scripture, they, were say, they went to him and said, your mother is looking for you. <laughs> Think about it. Your mother and your brothers are looking for you. And yet Jesus stands before the same crowd and all the same pe- people, all kind of people, and he's saying, you are from beneath, I am from above. You say, really? It's not your mother, Mary? How did you come from above and we're from here? He said, I came out from the Father and I came into the world. And I'm leaving the world. I'm going back to the Father. He said a lot. He was so conscious of his origin, where he came from. You have been born from above. The word that we use, born again, you know what that means? We say born again, check the literal translation. That word means born from above. Born from above. So you are, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Jesus said that. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That means you have been born of God. Your origin is from above. That's where your origin... I mean, sometimes you read scriptures and it's amazing. Jesus said words like, no one has seen the Father except the Son who is, you know, who came from the Father, who is with the Father. And then you're wondering, is he here or over there? When is he seeing the Father? But he's actually committed all of this to us. That's why Paul is saying, I, can't, I, I heard of your faith. He said, from the day I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, and you know, we like to talk about faith and love, they had both of them. They had faith, they had love. But Paul says, what you need now, you got faith, you got love, you got everything complete, but what you need now is revelation power. Amen. You need revelation I've been praying for you. I know you have faith. I know you have love for the saints, just like the Lord commanded. But I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling. And I talked about that last Sunday. There is a hope. You are not ordinary. I think we have been deceived. I also was deceived. We are ordinary. We walk like them. So we just happen to have a little piece piece of God. We're born again. And we can't wait to get out of all of these troubles and go to heaven and be with Jesus. Amen. That's what we're doing. Jesus was not in a hurry. He was the master. Amen. He walked like the master on the earth. No fear, not even of his enemies. I mean, some of the things Jesus will say, sometimes when they are turning him and they are angry with him, for me as a natural man, I quit saying those things, you know, just to save some trouble, yeah? He won't quit. He keeps telling them what they didn't want to hear. And he's called us to be just like him on the earth. 
I am the light of the world. And he says, you are the light of the world. So Paul says, I'm praying for you. You got faith. You got love. That's okay. You got that already. God gave every one of us, Romans chapter 12, the measure of faith. We have faith and we have love. Some Christians want to measure in faith. Others want to measure in love. You know what I mean? Paul says, that's good. But I want you to have revelation power. I need you to know certain things about who you are in Christ so that you can fully operate on the earth and rule and reign on the earth. And I said this before, think about Paul. Paul, many times we want to put a, a halo around Paul's head, you know. And we forget that he was just a man like the rest of us. He was, Paul was just a man. With a lot, lot of misunderstanding as well. He was persecuting the church until Jesus spoke to him. He had no understanding. We put a halo around his head and then we forget that he was just a man. But God gave him revelation of who he was. Paul was like Jesus. He feared nothing, not even death. And then Paul knew enough to know nobody takes me out of this world until I'm ready to go. He, says, he said, I am in a street. I don't know whether to stay with you guys or to go. Uh, I'm going to make up my mind. You guys need me, but if I go, it's better for me. But uh, you guys need me, so I'm going to stay around for a while. And then finally, he decided it's time to go. He said, I'm ready to be off. <laughs> I finished the work. I'm ready to go. And I'm thinking, is this man a god or whatever? What does he think? Who does he think he is to determine the time that he leaves the earth? And I thought it was just, I thought it was just uh, Paul alone. And then I see Peter doing the same thing. He said, I'm not ready to be offered. Oh, that's an amazing thing. These guys knew, know, knew something that I don't know today. I want to know what they know. You see, Paul couldn't rest. He said, I want to know him. Remember that? I want to know him. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. There's some part of so there's suffering in this, in this whole scheme. I want to know that as well. I'm leaving nothing out. But that's what Paul was saying, I, I'm praying for you. He said, there's the power that's available for us. The power that raised Jesus way up into the heavenlies. Seated him at the right hand of the Father. Far above all principalities and powers, dominion and might, and every name that is named. It doesn't matter what name. Far above means Jesus is so far, he has authority over everything. That's named. If it has a name, Jesus has authority over it. Money, he has authority over it. Bank account, he, if that's a name, he has authority over it. Cancer, oh yes, he has authority over it. Back pain, oh Jesus has authority. He is way above all principalities and powers. Everything, he has power over it. And then the Bible tells us he ra God raised us together with him. And we are seated with him in heavenly places far above all of this. That's we in him. So we have, in a sense, the same authority that God gave to him. Paul says, I'm praying for you so you understand that, so you know that. And carry yourself that way. And he says, we are his body. Uh, that's to feel all in all. We are. If you read in there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Which is his body, we his body, the fullness of him 
We are the fullness of Christ. Can you believe that? That Christ is not full without us? That's a great honor, right? We are his fullness. The fullness of him that fills everything. So basically what that saying is, he is depending on you to fill everything, right? We are his body. We are the fullness of him. We have received from his fullness, grace upon grace. According to John, grace upon grace. Mercy upon mercy. We have received from him. We are his fullness. He's depending on you. He can't save anybody without you. He needs you. You are his mouth right now. You are his hands. When he wants to give, he puts it through you, right? He's got to find you so that he can put it through you. God doesn't shower money into the midst of people. He gives it to his child that he knows will give it. He walks through you now. He doesn't have the, any body, a body on the earth anymore. He needs your body. He's over there. He is the head. The executive is way up there. He's so powerful. He's so awesome. But the office power is on the earth. That's you and I. He walks through us. He dreams about these things, but he's depending on us to go and take the gospel to the world. Amen? He's depending on us to heal the sick. He's depending on us to preach the gospel. He said, I'll walk with you. I'll confirm the word with signs following. I believe that. You believe that. Amen? That's, what, that's who you are. You are so awesome. If we can't accept that. Religion. I said religion is boring. For religion's sake, we will say, well, <laughs> yes, brother. We're always talking about weakness and weakness and weakness. Oh, oh, I'm so weak. I don't know why I cannot understand that scripture. Why don't you come out of that pettiness and begin to know who you are in Christ? You are a child of God. You are his child. And you are so loved. And he wants everything to be yours according to the word of God. We are seated with him. The Bible says you are of God. Little children. First John 4, 4, he says, I want you to know. You are of God. The nature of God has been impacted upon your soul. That's what he's saying when you got saved. If any man is in Christ, it's a new creature. John is saying you are of God. Your origin is God. You are not just of the flesh and blood. Your person, your nature, the nature of God has been impacted upon your life. He wants you to know that. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Everything that is uh, opposing you in life, he says, because greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. You are of God. Your origin is from heaven. We talk too much about the earth and the things that we see, the things that we feel, and we analyze them with our natural senses. But God is saying, come out of that. You live by faith and not by your feelings. That's the only way the just must live on the earth. Amen. Are you hearing me, people? That's the only way. I believe that when you speak the word of God, you are speaking God. Amen. 
Especially when you speak it out of a heart of faith. Amen. I said this before. God wanted to come to the earth. But God is the word. Right? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word became flesh. So you can see the word. And when he came, he sent his word and healed them. How? When he sent Jesus, Jesus took flesh. And he's healing us today. And the word is what heals. God does nothing apart from his word. Everything God does is through his word. If you stay with the word, that's faith. If you stay with the word, the word will make you. He's everything. God did everything from the beginning to the end. Is the word. In the beginning, he's the first and the last. Jesus, Jesus is the word of God. The word was the first and the word will be last. He's going to be the first word. He's going to be the last word. Everything is through the word. If you read in Revelation, Jesus had something on him. A big sign. What is it called? The word of God. He is the word of God. So everything is through his word. We don't have to be afraid of the enemy anymore. Look, we need to come out of that. Let's not be glorifying Satan like the people say in church. You know, Satan has been after my family. It's really troubled me. And they talk about for 30 hours, I mean 30 minutes, talking about what Satan is doing in his life. That's testimony to the power of Satan, right? And he gets the glory. When you testify, what do you do? You testify to what God has done, right? And what, who gets the glory? Oh God, oh, I'm, you're right. You guys are really smart. Amen. No kidding. God gets the glory when you testify to the great things He's done. But when you speak for 30 minutes about all Satan is doing in your life, guess who is getting the glory? God is a good God. Satan is a bad devil. God gets glory when you speak of the good things that God has done. And when Satan gets glory and you give him more room in your life when you're speaking all the time about him. We don't understand that. But I'd like to go to a scripture here. We need to get rid of everything that we know that we've drawn into our lives with our senses. And sometimes by what the experts, okay, experts are saying. I don't care what the experts say, say uh, if, he, if he doesn't line up with the word of God. If you go with those things, what you're doing is lining up with the flesh. Flesh, those senses, it says, In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. You read that scripture before? In my flesh, those senses, uh-uh. if you rely on that, you will fail. That's what he's saying. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are what? Spirit. You're not going to profit if you're going to lean on what you feel. I don't, you can feel, how many of you when you got saved felt saved one day and then the next day you didn't feel as much as as saved as you felt the day before? You guys are really spiritual. I felt that way. I was getting saved all the time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Feelings are no good. They change. That's why the Bible says we don't look at the things that are seen because they are temporary. 
will lean on the things that are not seen. They are permanent. They will last forever. In Romans chapter 8, please help me with that. Verse uh, 11. But it says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, I tell you what, many times we're thinking, life to my mortal bodies. He's not talking about your spirit. The spirit is already in you, right? But he gives life to your Moral body, the fleshly body. That's strength. That's vigor. That's being like Abraham and Moses at 120 years, years old. They're doing, they're doing something for God. And like Caleb, he gives strength. The Spirit of God, His Word in your life, the Spirit of God, He gives strength to your body. But look at what it says. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We are what? Can you say the word with me? We are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. In other words, if you begin to live according to what you feel, what you see, what you taste, and all of that, that's not what you are indebted to. You are indebted to the Spirit of God that is in you, that is modifying your whole life and making life beautiful for you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. No, not according to your senses, right? You don't live according to your senses. The just shall live by faith. If you're not going to live according to what you feel. That's what he's saying. For if you live according to the flesh or according to your sense knowledge, what does he say? You die. In whatever area. You begin to live according to what you feel. Oh, I feel this way. I feel that way. Oh, I feel. I want to be real. Have you heard that before? Let's come to reality. Let's come down to the earth. Amen. I don't want to come down to the earth with you in this regard. We want to stay with God's word. Amen. Just God's word. And see where the word will take us. And I believe that God is a respecter of no man. If he can find somebody who will believe him, he'll take you wherever. I believe he found Billy Graham, took him wherever he wanted to. Made him a name that is known all over the world. Just a little man from South Carolina. Is it from South Carolina? God took him around the world. Today you mention his name, they know who Billy is. If I go to Nigeria and I talk to my pastor friends and I say, Billy Graham, oh yes, they'll smile, yes, we know him. They don't know him. They heard about him. Amen? But God has made him a name. If you live according to the flesh, if you live according to that sense knowledge, yes, the Bible tells us, uh, who have you believed? Who has believed this report? It says, who has believed his report? So you believe just the report of God's word. So the way out with God is this. Word. Jesus is the word of God. If you, Jesus said, if my word abides in you, if, if, I, if you allow God to abide in you and his word abides in you, you ask whatever you will and it will be done. But see, just having the word abiding in you is not good enough. You need to speak. 
You need to ask. Amen. You need to say something. That's not good enough. So the Bible tells us this. In John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, if you see it, it came from the word. If you can see it, but you can smell it, it's also from the word. There is nothing in this whole universe that didn't come from the word of God. There's nothing. Seen or unseen. They all have their origin from the word of God. And that's the word that is already in your heart. It's the same word in Hebrew chapter, chapter 1 that the Bible says he's holding everything together. God is holding everything together including your life by his word. You are able to sit before me this morning because of the word of because that the word of God is operating right there where you're sitting. If you take the word of God out of your life, you're gone. He's upholding all things together by the word of his power. Your whole life, your hair growing, I don't grow too much these days, but your hair growing because of the word. You receive anything on the earth. There's nothing that was made without the word. And to me, it's a great privilege to have the word of God. To take home with me. Amen? To read it. The same words, this same word that created all things. Now I have the privilege to have him in my home. Amen? With my family. I am something. He has made me something. Amen? I cannot be defeated. Not with the word. Not with the word. Even with sin. That word have I hid in my heart. Remember that? Yeah. When you, hear, you hide that word in you. Uh, sin cannot come in. It's all by the word. So he's upholding all things through his word. We need to recognize. That there is only one way. To get the word to work for us. You have to say it. You have to say it. David was a great man because if you read in the Psalms, David was always speaking what the Holy Ghost gave to him, his word. It's the word of God. Every time the word of God, that's why I believe you are being healed right now as I'm speaking. Because the word heals. Every time the word of God is spoken in faith, there is a spiritual transaction going on. That will show up in the natural. By and by. Every time the word of God is being spoken. Whether you are the one speaking it. Or somebody else is speaking it. Some spiritual transaction is taking place. You, I don't understand it. But that's what the word says. When you hear the word of God. If it's spoken out of faith. Something comes into your life. According to the word of God. If you read in Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through, 10, uh, through 8, it says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. 
The righteousness, there is a righteousness that is of the law, but there is also righteousness which is of faith. Thank God, God has given us the righteousness not based on doing the law, but the righteousness which is of faith that speaks. And this is the way he speaks. He says, do not say in your heart when you want to operate in the righteousness of faith that brings things to pass in our life, supernatural things to pass in our life. Do not say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That means I need to see God right before me. Don't do that. The righteousness of faith is not looking for some physical evidence. That's what he's saying. Do not say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above so we can see him and then we can receive. No, don't. he said, don't do that, don't do that. Don't do that, that's not the way. That's not the way it's going to work for you. Or who shall descend into the abyss and bring Christ up again from the dead. We want to see Jesus before we can, these things can actually happen. The righteousness of faith, the one that brings all the good things. God loves the righteous and he blesses them with favor. And favor surrounds them as a shield according to the word of God. But you have to realize, understand that God is asking you not to look at what you see with your eyes. But to believe the word of God. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what does he say? What does the righteousness of faith say? How do we operate in this righteousness of faith that brings the, the will of God to bear in our lives? How do we operate? He says, the word is near you. Amen. His word. Because in the beginning was the word. And if there's a beginning, it's got to be with the word. It starts with the word. It ends with the word. He's a word. The word is near you. He said, even in your mouth and in your heart, when you hear the word of God and it's spoken by faith, the word jumps out and gets into your mouth. So I can feel it. Amen. That would be walking in the flesh because you don't feel the word. But it's also in your heart. He gets into your mouth and he says it's the word of faith that we preach. The word that will bring you deliverance. The word that will bring you deliverance in your troubles, in your finances, in your home, in your family. Or the word is the word of faith. The word of God is in your mouth. He said the word is in your mouth. He's in your mouth. He's also in your heart. Your heart. The word of faith that we're preaching to you. You got it. You got it. Your child of God, you got it. He's in your mouth. It's in your heart. The word of faith that we preach. If you will confess with your mouth, he says. And you believe in your heart. You'll be saved. You'll be free from your struggles. Great things will happen. You see, in the Old Testament, it's hard to, to understand. God started teaching us. About the words, our words. He says, life and death are in the power of the... Because we are made in His image. Even people who are not saved, still carry some form of glory of the God that created them. But when you have been born again, you are family. You're just like Him. Amen? Now He wants you to operate like Him. We have refused that. We want to walk in the flesh because we were born into senses. So we figure it out in our senses. It doesn't make sense. So we shy away from it. And we go into what we call reality. 
The, real, the true reality is in Christ. So you speak the word. Because you are a member of his family. We have to act like him. He does everything that he does through what? Through words. And if we have to live by faith, we already have the faith. So how do we operate? Through words. That's why you should be careful what you say. If you say sense knowledge filled words about anything, that thing in your life will begin to die. Did you get it? If you say sense knowledge filled words, and that's drawn out of natural faith, okay, that's not supernatural faith, if you continue to say those sense knowledge filled words, those things will begin to destroy and put to death Whatever you're saying. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You already have faith. So your words count in this universe. Amen? Your words count. If you begin to say, I can't do it, guess what? You will never be able to do it. If you begin to say, I am weak, guess what? You'll get weaker. If you begin to say, I can't preach, guess what? They put you before, you say a few words and, you, and you're out of it. You can't say it. You can do it. Let the weak say, I'm strong. That's the medicine. You feel weak, but what do you say? I'm strong. I say, that's a lie. I feel weak. Well, see, fleshly you. How can you tell me, preacher, to lie? I didn't tell you to lie. I said, say God's word. You're telling me to tell a lie. I'm going to say it the way I feel it. Well, you can go with the way you feel it. We walk by faith and not by feelings. That's the truth. When are we going to wake up? When are we going to step up and say, God, count me in. I'll be your mouth. I'll be your hands. I'll go heal them. Just let me know what you want to do. Get into God's presence. He has invited us into the executive meeting with him. And he's saying, tell me what you need to get this job done. Okay? Yeah. Amen. Hey God, I'm going to be your, your man over there. That's why I believe the word of God says, If two shall agree concerning anything on the earth, that they shall ask, it will be granted. Once you're here, you represent him. And if I can get two people to agree with me fully, wholeheartedly, see, God knows the heart. That thing is going to be done. You are a part of his family. Listen to these words. John 15, and I'm closing. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. In other words, I am the one that completes you. I am the one that completes you. The vine is not different from the branches. They are one and the same. I can't say to you, uh, to my friend Mike there, well, that's Mike's head. His body is over here. Why are you showing me Mike's body? I want to see his head. I say, wake up. <laughs> Mike is Mike. Amen? <laughs> we are part of him. He is the vine. 
we are the branches. He's made us to be part of him. And the enemy recognizes that. That's why Paul says you are walking like mere men, arguing and all of that kind of stuff. He says, <laughs> you don't have to walk like that. You are children of the Most High. God is in your life. I find this word here, John 17, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see the purpose? He wants the world to believe just by looking at your life. That God sent him. The world doesn't believe God sent him. But they can look at your life. When you are one with him. That you are it. God really sent. So your life determines what the world believes about Jesus. He said this. And the glory. Verse 22. Which you have given. The, he said the glory which you gave me. I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. So. The same glory that was on Jesus is now resting on you. That's an amazing. Nancy, is that not amazing? You carry the same glory that was on Jesus as you walk around daily doing your business. The glory is on you. And you say, well, I don't feel the glory. What has feeling got to do with this? I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. So basically... He's saying, all of us, God, everyone, that the world may know that you have sent me. That's his purpose. When we stand our place, stand in our place with the word, without fear, and we stand with the word against any physical evidence, then the world will know that Jesus lives in us. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning.